Welcome to another episode of Gooch Live, brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Fired Up Network. Wow, what an interesting week. A couple of negative tests on thinking that I may have COVID. I didn't. I got my shot last night. Feel like a million bucks. Arm isn't even sore. And you know what's really crazy about it is when I got there, I double vaxxed with uh, uh, Pfizer. And the lady says, all right, I've got your Moderna shot. I was like a little kid. I'm not, no, no, I want Pfizer. And then they explained it doesn't matter. And you know what? I didn't even feel the needle go in. So I'm good. I'm all ready. And I'm going to be taking three weeks here. I'm actually going to get in shape, guys. You watch this. I've, I'm putting a, a contest out for all of you that are watching. And most importantly, to my producer, Jordan LaRoche, we're going to see who's going to, well, I'm going to say I'm going to lose five pounds. That's what uh, my goal is. Hey, listen, just in, never give up. It is an incredible, I got a chance to read part of it this morning. Paul and I sat down, The Meaning of Life, The Paul Rosen Story. Make sure you get a copy of this book. You're going to see a little video I did uh, coming out in the next couple of days. Hey, let's get right to it. It's Christmas time in the city. It's snowing in Toronto, and I know Jordan LaRoche is downtown. Let's talk to the producer, Jordan. Hey, Gooch. How's the uh, reception with the booster shot? We saw reception. I got to tell you, uh, yeah, good. Uh, I don't know my bank. They put money in my bank somehow. I just pressed the button. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, it was really easy flow. We went down there at six o'clock. Our appointment was, we got there, uh, I think it was about 535. We went upstairs, boom, we were out before our original appointment. So well methodically planned out this time. It's been a, a mess, a disaster trying to get it. We got lucky. And I'll tell you what, I feel I feel like I'm protected, even though, listen, we still got some time. And I know, uh, you know, obviously with your family and from all over the world, it, it's like the United Nations at your, uh, your house. Talk to us a little bit about that, how cool it is to have your family together after two years. It's got to be extra special. Yeah, I mean, it's just been a, a a crazy two years, and you know, my my parents haven't even seen each other in that time as well. That's crazy. I mean, my dad's been in Thailand, my, my, my mom in Hong Kong. So again, I mean, it's a, a cool kind of thing to have us all back together. And uh, the, the weird thing is, is that there's four of us in the family, and we have four different accents between uh, across us. So yeah, that's uh, crazy. It, it, it kind of is the meeting of the worlds here. Hey, listen, uh, Robert Wine joins us for everything I do. He was on with me last night with Concussed with Nick Mercer. What a great interview. And, of course, uh, he has to let us know Robert's on his scooter outside uh, watching the show. Thank you, Robert, for being <clears throat> so good to us. Sorry, I got a little tickle in my voice. No. It's not COVID. Hey, listen, obviously this is being brought to you by uh, a lot of great people. The Hockey News, we want to thank them for all that they've done. Uh, Fired Up Network, it's been really exciting, of course, uh, what's going on. Uh, and you know what? If you like this, subscribe. Get a part of this. We need you. We need you to be a part of this coming up in 2022. There's so many great things going on. And, of course, because you... Uh, Jordan, it has been a remarkable ride. I just got two years. Uh, it's right here, right now. Just came up. One of those memories. You're going to look on Facebook. I just commented on it. It was the actual first promo Paul and I did two years ago. Jeez. And we've done over 500 and I think it's 65 shows. And 
you're taking us to the next level with our three camera shoot at the bottom line. We're so excited about it. Can't thank you enough. And I see your dad's uh, piping in saying thanks for the kind comments. But you know what, John, without you, we wouldn't be here either. You've just been so, uh, so incredible helping us, you know, go to this next level. Hey, listen, obviously the World Hockey, uh, World Junior Hockey Championships start on the 26th. Checks versus Canada. That's going to be really exciting. But what's really important about that particular game is on January 2nd, you've got to be ready for it. It's going to be the Czechoslovakians versus Team Canada in 1982 in Rochester. Peter Young has put together an incredible show. I talked to Scott Taylor last night, Joe Pascucci a couple days ago. You've got to come on this show. Do not miss it. We're going to announce the timing um, over the next couple of days. It's January 2nd. Do not miss it. One of the kind highlights that Peter Young has got for us. So we're pretty excited about that. Are you excited? Obviously, we know we won't get into the whole NHL thing right now because we got some cool things you and I want to talk about it. So we'll just say it at that. Hey, listen, it shut down last night was the last game for till the 27th. However, that could change. It was a great game to watch, and I got my hockey fix. I recorded it so I can watch it a couple of times. <laughs> Are you excited about what's going to go on with the World Junior Hockey Championships? They said it's it's a go. All the teams are there. Uh, I think uh, exhibition starts uh, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Are you excited? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just makes the whole season uh, you know, a, a little bit more interesting. I mean, when you think of Christmas, at least for me, I was throwing the World Junior Championships is uh, is one of the kind of the big factors in it, and it's a great tournament to watch every year. And you, you never really know who can come out of that, and you know, uh, improve their draft stock or you know yeah. get gets more eyes on them coming into the draft. I mean, we saw in the past with I believe it was uh, Drew and uh, really kind of um, he, he was playing better than Nathan McKinnon in, that, in his tournament. Yep. And I mean, Drew Ann was drafted in the top five and a lot of that was because of the tournament. Well, and Tim Stutzel last year, we saw that he had just an amazing tournament for, for team Germany. And uh, certainly uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he just uh, tore it up and uh, we're really excited about him. Um, I'm going to obviously get into what we want to talk about today. Uh, we're excited about the world juniors, but I really wanted to talk about, uh, and it's a dicey subject at times, uh, the worst NHL free agency signing and trades in this off season. Obviously there were a bunch of moves that, and we're all excited. Hey, I got this guy. I got that guy. Hey, obviously for you with the uh, New York Rangers, I read your article, Alex Lafreniere, very well written. It really gave me an indication of where the Rangers are and some of the little mistakes they did. So behind the scenes, and of course, you know, we're going to have Stephen Ellis come on here uh, and talk about the world juniors and we'll get to pick his brains on guys that are going from the world juniors into a pro team, just like Lafreniere, and then them just not getting off to the start. That's going to be exciting. But talk to us about the free agency. Uh, there are a couple here that you've brought up. Uh, most notably, the Montreal Canadiens were really high on Mike Hoffman, uh, of course. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, and it hasn't really panned out. I mean, like Hoffman was a, a clinical 30-goal scorer for most of his career, and you know, the last year, I think he had 17 goals, so a bit of a decline there. But at the end of the day, like, they, they, they want they brought him in to really kind of uh, spark up this offense a little bit, signing to a $4.5 million deal. Um, I mean, eight, eight points in 19 games this year. Granted, he's been hurt a little bit here and there as well. I mean, you, you really kind of expect, expect more from a guy who what was a perennial 30-goal score when he was in Florida and then with Ottawa as well. 
uh, is, is hasn't really worked out so far. No, but you know what? At 4.5, it's not a bad deal. Uh, if he can just step it up in this last part of the uh, season, obviously, you know yourself, This these are difficult times. I don't care what anybody says. Um, the other day, we were doing a show, and it was with Peter Young, and I was trying to figure out. I couldn't even remember his name because there's just so much information and so many things, and I felt terrible. I was starting to think, am I getting old? But think about it as a hockey player. You're very routine. You as a goaltender, you know that. It's a routine. You go to the rink, you're ready to go. But now there's this cloud always hanging over to it. And guys like Hoffman, goal scorers are a little ficky, fickle, very similar to goaltenders. You know, yeah. the stick's got to be right. The glove's got to feel good. Skate's got to be sharpened properly. You know, if you're a mucker, it doesn't matter. You can have a baseball bat, right? And just go out there and bash and crash. So I think with Hoffman, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, very similar to Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, last year with the Winnipeg Jets. He got off to, you know, kind of a bad start. Didn't have a great season. But I'll tell you what. He has been by far one of the best Winnipeg Jets this year because he's comfortable. Uh, there's another guy that you mentioned here, Christian Dvorak. I really liked this signing. I thought this was going to be one of those resurgence of a guy that's going to come into Montreal. They needed it. They just came off, you know, going to the Stanley Cup finals. Here's a guy that's really going to, you know, turn it up this year. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, they brought him in to be the first line center and, he had some pretty big shoes to fill from uh, Phil Deneau leaving to when he signed with LA. Uh, and, you know, Phil Deneau praised for his two way game. Dvorak played a, a bit of a similar game, maybe a little more offensive than uh, Deneau. But at the end of the day, it's, again, it just hasn't worked out. And you brought it up with uh, just the way the, the, this, the last two years have been. I mean, for Montreal specifically, it's only going to get worse. I mean, with new restrictions there, um, there'll there not be any fans in the stadium. Uh, and you know, we, we're talking about that routine that kind of, you know, you show up to the rank, you, you expect the, the fans to be loud and kind of boost your performance a little bit, but I mean, with Montreal, uh, with his new Omicron variant, uh, no fans in the stadium, it's really gonna be tough for these guys to kind of, you know, get back into that groove. And I mean, again, Dvorak, I, again, I, I he's not filled to know, but at the end of the day, he, he, he needs to fill for that spot and, and take another step up. and. He, that's be the biggest piece for Montreal. Yeah, no question. But it's not just about how many points you're given. You know, he's minus 13. And that is where you can't have that with a player of that caliber. Listen, I played at a very high level. I know you've played it, you know, when you in, in college. You know how difficult it is. There's a lot of pressure put on you. But I can tell you personally, and that's what sometimes you get inside tips from guys that played the game at a high level. I got pumped when I went into an opposing rink and they're spitting, throwing jabs at you. You know, it just made my game better. I was just one of those crazy dudes. It didn't intimidate me. It actually inspired me. And I think, you know, if you're in a rink and you, you know, you hear a pin drop, it's pretty tough sometimes because it's an 82 game season. A lot of people say, ah, you're getting paid millions of bucks. I can tell you right now, once I signed my $10,000 contract. Um, I put it away and it didn't come back until they didn't pay me. Then I, then I got upset, but I put it away. It wasn't about the money. It was about being the best I could be and entertaining. I loved entertaining. And a lot of these guys are the same. So it's difficult when you're going and it feels like a beer league, a men's beer league game for God's sakes. Let's move off the, the Montreal Canadians. Of course, uh, they're looking at a better second half or well it's even hopefully. a little bit longer uh hopefully they can turn around 
Um, for my good buddy, Tommy Grossman, I want to say a big shout out to him. He's having some health complications. We're thinking about you, big guy. Hopefully everything comes around. Hey, this one seems pretty obvious. Seth Jones signed a very, no, 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 a very big contract this summer with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he right now, uh, it's $5.4 million before, and now it's an eight-year, $9.5 million. <laughs> Talk to me. It's crazy money, and he's just been so-so in Chicago. Yeah, and, and, and if you look at that deal, I mean, he's getting paid more than, you know, Roman Yossi, Brent Burns, uh, Dougie Hamilton, some pretty – Kale McCarr, some pretty good defensemen who, I mean, I, I'm just going to come out and say that are, are, are much better players than Seth Jones. Granted, his offensive production has been, been pretty good, uh, a little over 20 – almost a point per game this year, yeah. but yeah. – just his, his underlying metrics on, his, on the defensive side of the puck are, is not good. And Chicago are, are in a really tough spot right now. And, and just look at uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Lekkonen's uh, numbers. They're, they're, they're not very strong. And a lot of that is the people in front of them. I mean, we look at save percentage and, and goals against average as, as goalie stats. But at the end of the day, the, 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 they don't really assess – you know the the the, the quality of the shots, the the score, the, the actual scoring chances, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with people in front of them. Well, you know about that with goaltending. Being a goaltender, you know a lot of guys look at stats only. I, I'm not again. I'm not an analytical guy. Uh, being a player and then a player coach and and running hockey clubs, you, there's a lot more intangibles that you don't look at. And now that we've got these numbers, people automatically gravitate to that, but they don't see those. You know, there's sometimes when you know, your whole defensive core is just off and there's nothing you can do about it, right? So I think that's important to take into consideration when we're doing things uh, and looking at stats. Uh, yeah, listen, yeah, please there's, go. There's one more thing on that. I mean, yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks are already pretty strapped for cash. I mean, they, they, they are a little bit over the salary cap already, $84 million. And signing Jones to that big of a deal, I mean, when it kicks in next year, I mean, they're not going to be able to sign anyone. They're 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 going to have to make a move, and it's going to be one of the big two there, about Kane or Taze. Hey, you're listening to Gooch Live right here, the producer Jordan Rosh. I got a question for you, and you know the question's coming. If they're cash strapped, somebody's going to go. There's somebody going, and you mentioned Mark Andre Fleury. We've had the opportunity to talk about this a couple of times. How? Do you really think it's possible that they could, everybody's saying no way they're going to move Kane. I'm not of that opinion. I think you owe it to him. You know, he's only got a few years. Yeah, he's got a couple of Stanley Cup. But I'll tell you what, if I'm 35, 36 years old and I'm being moved to a contender with a bunch of great players around me, I did it at 40. I went from a okay team to a very good team. I lessened myself as far as the player and the input, had a great year over it. And it it won me a, another German championship. I, I think you got to look at Taves and Kane being moved. Mark Andre Fleury is going to be a little more difficult, but I think he could end up in um, in Edmonton, as we've talked before. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you, you, you spoke about pretty well on the player side, and you know, you give him one more shot at the cup. But I, you know, for, for, on the Chicago standpoint, I mean, you can get a lot for for Patrick Kane. You can get probably. Two first round draft picks, uh, maybe maybe a couple of prospects in there as well. Uh, they're, they're not really going to be looking for established NHLers. They really want to build for the future, and you know they, they have the goaltender to do it now with with Lankin in there, yeah. uh, who, who I really like. He's played really well this year too. But uh, you, you got to move one of them just to kind of kickstart this rebuild a little bit. 
Yeah. And that, that's going to be, that's be Chicago's main priority moving forward. Well, and a great uh, mentor too, obviously having Mark Andre Fleury. He's just a, a quality person. Hey, Joey Lyons wants a shout out. Hey, shout out to Joey Lyons. How are you, buddy? Hope you have a great uh, Christmas and obviously enjoy the world junior hockey. And hopefully we're back on the 27th watching some NHL. We talked uh, a little bit about the possibility of Mark Andre Fleury ending up in Edmonton. And then you've got a comment here about let's look at those Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, they went through a really rough patch. Uh, and one of them, they brought in Duncan Keith who's supposed to be the leader and it just doesn't seem like it's worked out right now your thoughts on Duncan Keith and the Edmonton Oilers yeah Keith's kind of become a, a shell of his former self I mean uh, long gone are the, probably the days when he was leading Chicago to the Stanley Cup but uh I mean the, the, this movement made no sense to me in the offseason it still doesn't make a ton of sense to me now uh, Duncan Keith, his defensive numbers haven't been great uh his offensive numbers have taken a huge dip and even during the summer, we are saying that, you know, that's kind of the last thing that that goes with these these defensemen is their offensive skill. And I think he only has five, six, seven points on a team yeah. that, that scores a lot of goals. He's he's not on the power play anymore. And even, even if they did bring him in for that offensive skill, they have Tyson Berry there already. Darnell Nurse is pretty good offensively. And they have Evan Bouchard coming through the system. And he's having a pretty good year as well. Yeah. I mean, just bringing Duncan Keaton made no sense to me. And, I, I think holding on to I think his deal is like five million uh, around there now. Five for two more years. Yeah, this. having that for two more years is just gonna uh, just uh, strap you a little bit. I mean, you spend that on a on a second, third line forward, a, a, a pretty good one too. So, yep. uh, it, the moves does make a lot of sense. Hey, doing a shout out to Sam McBeth. Thank you, uh, McBeth. Thank you for being a part of it. Happy, uh, happy holidays, of course. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, we will be talking to you before, obviously, we go into 2022. It's just a couple of weeks. It's not even a couple of weeks. This is crazy. It's gone by so fast. Who knew? Two years we've been sitting in this craziness, uh, and we will not be home for Christmas, right? Uh, it'll be difficult. And listen, let's talk about as we end off on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, uh, it was McDavid who said, this is our year. We have to make a statement. And right now that statement is not what we thought it would be. Yes, he's arguably the best player on the planet. Yes, he's arguably leading that team along with Leon Dreisaitl. But the team just looks out of whack at times. Do you, do you have any reasons? I know we'll get Gene Principe on during the Christmas season here. And we'll talk a little bit about it. But what is your uh, perspective on it? Is it goaltending? Is it defense? Or is it just not all coming together right at this moment? I mean, we, this has probably been the most spoken about topic over the last decade. And, you know, it, it's always been the same problem for the Oilers. And that's the, the forward depth. That's uh, the, the defensive core. And it's a little bit of goaltending. Uh, granted, I, I really like Mike Smith. Uh, he's probably getting towards the tail end of his, of his career, but I mean, they, they, they do need to bring us on like a flurry. But I think, like, I think the biggest issue right now is just the forward depth. I, I mean, uh, McDavid and Drysdale are, are doing most of the most of the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, after you get past the, the, the sort of top five there with Pulley, uh, Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman as well. Uh, I mean, it's Zach Hashton who doesn't even have ten points. Uh, Kyle Yamamoto hasn't worked out either. Uh, he has only five, six points through, through 30 games this year. There's a, a lot of guys just haven't really panned out for the Edmonton Oilers team. And I mean, the, you had the age old, the age old topic of, you know, they had all those first overall picks uh, yep. during the 2010s. And granted, a lot of them haven't worked out. And um, still, a lot of draft picks haven't 
haven't really worked out except for maybe Bouchard, who's who, who I think is going to be one of the better offensive defensemen over the next decade or so. But I mean, just after starting off so strong, it, it's really sad to see the Oilers kind of come down to this. Well, their goaltenders are all in the three, uh, you know, goals against average is around three point, round three point. You know, you're not going to win a lot of games at that particular, even though they've got a heavy offensive. I'm just looking at the stats here. You know, drives idle with 49 points, of course, McDavid with 49 points. Then there's a huge drop off to 25 with, uh, with, with, <laughs> Not a lot of people are getting 50 points in, in 30 games. Good. I know it's crazy, but, but, and, and still not having the success. So it shows you depth is so important. It's that third and fourth line. As you get into the playoffs, we saw that last year, right? They just shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. Boom. They were out, of the, out really quickly. So they need to find that depth. And if they don't, they're going to struggle. And, and is there any inkling? Cause I read this on not everything you read on the internet's true, but I did read something, tip it. You know, is there a question mark there? And then somebody said, bring torts in. Everybody wants oh, torts <laughs> to be a co- if it As soon as somebody gets, bring torts in. The only thing torts is good for is maybe being at a bakery, for God's sakes. Talk to us about that. Is there is there any thoughts of maybe moving the, the, the coach in position? Uh, not right, yeah. because Not right now, because I, I don't think he's been there for that long. He's only probably been there two years at, at most i'd say and i mean Tippett's done, done a good job in other places and I, I just don't think that they're really ready for a coaching change yet but i mean at the end of the day it's i think to be very similar to lebron james and the lakers i mean Le- lebron's pretty much the gm for that team and yeah true in turn i think Connor mcdavid's on that same level right now yeah um so i i think it really comes down to what whatever Connor mcdavid wants and uh whatever he says goes and well, i that- mean I haven't seen him too upset about coaching or anything yet. So, oh, and you know what, Jordan? As you know, things he's a very classy kid. You know, so he's going to be quiet. He's very reserved. You don't know what's going on behind it. But you're right. His window is closing. Right? They've got a. They've got. They've got an opportunity, and they need to do now. He said it now, but I think in the next couple of years, I'll tell you what, there'll be a there'll be a breakup, a shakeup. The Edmonton Oilers will look vastly different if in the next couple of years they don't take it to the next level. Hey, as we let you go, I want to say. Hello to Al Kerr. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, thank you. You do keep up the great work too. His team that he's representing, I think it's 19 and 2 in junior hockey. Al, you're doing a great job. And finally, this is the last question. Uh, I think it's an important question. I wrote a blog about it the other day, or sorry, a, a, a Facebook. No, it was actually a twit. I tweeted this out. Uh, Sam McBeath asked the question, do you think the NHL pulling out of the Olympics will cause a ripple effect with other sports in the games? Before you answer, well, you answer first, and then I'll give you my perspective. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, the, the main reason the, the NHL players aren't going is because the, the, the money investment that the, the 32 NHL owners have invested in these guys. Um, granted, if you look at, you know, like the, the bobsledders or the figure skaters, the the, the that this is this is all they have and i mean there aren't as many big other tournaments for these for some of these guys going on a regular basis the, the nhl has billions of dollars invested in some of these players and i mean it just i i mean that's that's the reason they're going i mean if they're stuck there for five weeks without pay uh because they tested positive for covid 
the 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 owners lose out on money, and right. th- th- that's that's Gary Bevin's reason b- reasoning behind it for sure. Okay, so my perspective is a little bit different than that. I understand it's a financial decision, but let's think about it. If the NHL cannot secure their players and have them safe. How do we think that where the bobsledders are going to be able to be protected? This is about human life. This is not about the financial aspect of it. What I'm concerned about, Jordan, and you and I, I've, I've been around just a couple, I go to a restaurant or I do something, all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls or emails. Hey, this guy tested positive, that guy tested positive. What do you think it's going to be like? They're living in small little villages. They're all going to be there. They're all eating together and it could go through very quickly. So what I'm concerned about is not so much, and I understand the NHL, I understand the players being stuck in China for five weeks, but it's the same thing for these young men and women that are going over there. For us, as the adults in the picture, we have to make sure we take care of it. Final point here is John coming in. It's not like hockey isn't going to happen at the Olympics. Uh, I did hear an interview yesterday from a a kid in uh, KHL. He's actually really excited because he gets an opportunity maybe to represent his country at the Olympics. And Stephen Ellis, check it out on the Hockey News. He breaks it down and says, just because the NHL is not going, it doesn't mean it's not going to be a great tournament because there are a lot of phenomenal hockey players around the world. And I think the Olympics, if played, will be just as exciting and dramatic. And now we can root on some of those younger kids. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and also, I mean, the, the Holly Canada pulled out the Spangler Cup. So, I mean, the, the, even though the NHLs, NHLs aren't going, they're, they're taking this really seriously. They're going all in. Yeah. And I'm sure a big reason why they pulled out the Spangler Cup was because of the Olympics to make sure these guys are safe and healthy uh, for February. Wow, good point. All right, uh, Jordan, always a pleasure. Thank you for producing the show again. And we will be talking with Stephen Ellis about the World Hockey Junior Championships coming up here in Edmonton. It's going to be the only show in town on December the 26th. The Czechs versus uh, Canada and the Finns go up against my favorite team in the tournament, the Germans. Thanks, buddy. See you, All right, another great show. Short, quick, and to the point. Uh, if you have comments, please come on and join us. Uh, we're everywhere. You can get me at, at Goulet29. I'm a tweeter. Yes, sir. I'm twitting. You got to come on and follow me because I'm going to be twitting and tweeting all Christmas long. Hey, I may even throw in an Instagram and one of those TikTok things. All right. Thank you for being a part of Gooch Live right here at the bottom line. Brought to you by those good people at the Hockey News and the Fired Up Network. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to Gooch Live with your host, Carrie Goulet, better known as The Gooch, brought to you by the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. 